The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the latest edition of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest this week is Lorraine Lewis. Lorraine Lewis is a Masters CrossFit, CrossFit, I'm sorry, a High Rocks competitor. I just learned about that today. And she is an author and the mother of seven. And you know, I was as we were talking off air here, um, we had a couple of hiccups along the way, along in the journey of getting us on air together, but here we are. Perseverance is key, as anyone will tell you. And uh, Lorraine, thanks so much, and Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me on and uh, sharing my little bit of my journey with no, you. Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. I'm, I, I'm really excited that I'm doing uh, a show here on New Year's Day, the brand new year, 2023. I'm totally excited. And I hope everyone else is, and I hope you are. And uh, we'll just kind of we'll go, we'll go talk about you and uh, what what brought you here, and uh, where you want to go from here. Sound good? Sounds good. Fantastic. All right. So I always like to start out with just uh, so people have a uh, a context of where our conversations come from. So I like to start out with background because I know stuff about you, but. Uh, Maybe most, if not all, of the people listening right now really don't. So why don't you tell us what got us here in the first place? Um, actually, this portion of my journey, um, mm-hmm. I'm 63 years old. In two weeks, I'll be 64. And in April of uh, 2022, I was laid off from a chief operating officer position that I had for almost nine years there. And when you're 63, laid off from a corporate position, which I've done most of my life, that can be, you know, in your mind, you can either have a meltdown and crumble, uh, or you can figure out uh, a different path that the universe may open up other doors for you. And um, this year really changed my perspective and my thoughts on what my love is and my thoughts on money. Uh, That position, um, was a position where I made close to $120,000 a year. So I was very comfortable and not want for my children or myself. And all of a sudden when it ends and you're 63 thinking, I'm going to go on interviews. Do I, do I go on interviews? Is this really what I want to do? And the job I had was more than stressful. Um, it was, it consumed my life. And it, I wasn't happy at it, but that money, which so many of us love, makes it so easy to not take care of ourselves, um, to do things to ourselves and our family, because it gives us uh, so many different things. But it, one thing that it um, didn't give me was happiness. I was not, I was stressed out, I was not happy, I was not present. I was always looking down the road, and at that moment in April of this this last year, I was questioning, what do I want to do? And I made the huge decision to not go look for another, um, you know, management, executive management level position. Um, my love, my whole life has always been in health and fitness, 
always. And my start of health and fitness was quite a few years ago when my mother uh, got cancer for the first time. And she had it three different times in her life, and she ultimately passed away from cancer the third time. And the strange thing is she had three different types of cancers. And the first time she got it, it was very frightening. And as the daughter of this wonderful, loving human being, I got scared. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about health food, nutrition. I was raised on, shoot, um, macaroni and cheese, Kool-Aid, um, just the all-American diet. Um, and I didn't realize the impact that could play on a human being, but I started doing research when my mother uh, got cancer. And I walked into a health food store for the first time and picked up a book, and it, that's really where my health journey started. I've always been uh, very active in competition and competing. I've always been in track and field and cross country, basketball, volleyball, you name it, I was in it. But being physically fit doesn't give you health. And I didn't know that. And I had a long journey of figuring out and understanding and learning what health and fitness, uh, what that means and what it can do to you, and especially as you age. And so my mother, when I really ultimately uh, went on my journey, was the third time she got cancer. She passed away at the age of 56 um, from stomach cancer. She had the first time uterine cancer. The second time she had lymphoma. And then the last time a completely different cancer in the stomach. And so that opened my eyes and, and made me ask, so many questions and want to research health and fitness. And those were really the starting days and times I had with um, what does that mean? And I learned a lot. I thought, oh, I'm just going to be physically fit. I'm never going to gain weight. I'm, I'm always going to be in shape because I love to work out and compete. And then life happens. You know, I at one point was in a bad marriage, a really bad marriage, and I gained 70 pounds. Being 70 pounds overweight is not fun. Um, besides feeling bad about yourself and not feeling good, you start overflowing with ailments. And um, at one point, it's been about, I want to say, 15 years now, I got cancer. So about 15 years ago, I had to have a radical surgery. I had uh, cervical cancer. And uh, it was in stage four. It was really bad. And it's a very silent cancer. So there again, I thought, you know, I was so healthy by working out. And that's when I realized, um, and what made it very impactful was I watched a documentary, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, by Joe Cross called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, which is on Netflix. No, I never and heard of it. that was a game changer for me. That was a game changer because kind of started out a little slow, but it taught me through kind of certain portions about a guy and what he puts into his body can do to him. He had a very disease, incurable. He was on countless drugs. And in this documentary, we watched him strictly by changing his nutrition, um, Drastically changed. He was doing a green juice fast, I think it was. And he was being observed by a doctor out of California, Dr. Berman. 
and he would have his blood work done. And I watched him in 60 days go from, I think he lost 60 pounds or so. Um, and I watched them start tapering him off all his medications simply by the change of what he put in his body. And I was so awed by that. There, because there was no exercise involved in that. No sweating and being, you know, being on the thin side. So I started realizing that, that nutrition was so impactful to fighting off cancer, uh, fighting off free radicals in your body, uh, feeding and healing your cells, your tissue, your blood, your bones. I started realizing the impactfulness of that. And so personally, um, I started changing my life. I went on a, a green juice fast for 21 days to kind of detox because this body pretty much had everything. What didn't it have? Um, I had had my tonsils out. I had my appendix out, which is all unhealthiness. A lot of people would say, oh, no, you're just the chosen one to get that. And I don't believe that. You know, your appendix is your tail end of your colon. Mm -hmm. There's bad stuff in there that's going to get infected and it's going to burst. And it's just, it's health. It's what you're putting in your body. Same thing with tonsils, what's going through your throat. Tonsils are filters. You know, if you got to take them out because they're swelled up all the time and infected, you're putting things in there that it just can't handle or massive, massive doses of it. So I just had um, started to connect exercising and then the nutrition. But then also there was the aspect of that horribly stressful COO job. That COO job promoted me to want not one venti coffee in the morning, but two. And it promoted me to want fast food so that I could get through the day. Just quick food, what anything. I'd have somebody go get it, deliver it. And I was, in, I was on this little hamster wheel. And it just fed off of um, stress and um, anxiety and unhealthy food. And then also, in my particular case, uh, hormones. When I had my cancer 15 years ago, nobody told me when we removed the cancer, um, this particular, in females, if you remove the uterus and fallopian tubes, you have nothing producing hormones anymore. Mm -hmm. And nobody, I never knew that. And within a year to a year and a half, that will have dissipated out of your system. So then when you have nothing making hormones and your hormones are what makes you feel good, they balance you. They come about the stress in your life. When you don't have anything producing that and you have the stress levels just rising and the nutrition is in the tank, um, things are going to happen. Um, and so after I had my radical surgery and they removed that, I thought I'm just going to keep going like my mother did. When am I going to get the next cancer? Or when am I going to have the heart attack? Or what if, you know, you have diabetes, high blood pressure, all of those things. I just believe they, they come out, they manifest in each of us differently. You know, when I put toxins in my body, they may settle differently than where they might settle in your body. Um, as I got older and competing in CrossFit, I started realizing the toxins and the pain would hit me in the joints. Where older people, they hit one of my shoulders, I got a frozen shoulder. There's no cure for that. Um, it's not like a rotator cuff. Frozen shoulder is excruciatingly painful. I put up with it for seven months, and then finally I made the radical decision to go in and change my diet 
to the extreme. What most people would think it was extreme for me because I'm missing so many filters. I don't have, I had to have a gallbladder, almost died from a gallbladder. <laughs> I was inflamed, you know, appendix out, tonsils out, you know, and you're eliminating these filters in your body and you're putting nothing but toxins in. It's just going to keep going down with this a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So I finally made a huge decision. I radically changed my diet and my drink. Uh, and I stuck to it. And then all of a sudden, it was like the heavens had opened. Aches, I had no more aches and pains. The frozen shoulder, which they found with an MRI, no more frozen shoulder. Uh, that was a huge one. Um, and I can compete with no pain. And aches in the knees or the different places that they pop up. And um, so I have stuck with that. Um, I do not, I used to love, I don't do coffee, I don't do alcohol, I don't do soda, I do not do dairy, I don't eat meat, um, I eat basically a plant-based diet and lots of juicing. And as long as I stick to that, now I tried to deviate just a little bit, like I wanted some bread or I wanted just a little and it caused me to have a severe reaction. I ended up with an infection in my intestines. So I started realizing that what you put in your body, you know, if you have all your organs, then maybe you can hang out a lot longer before your system starts breaking down somewhere. But the fewer or filters you have in your body to get rid of those toxins, you're really setting yourself up. And the amazing thing is when COVID came, when did COVID come? Like in 2019-ish, maybe? Uh, well, it started, we started to hear about it, if I remember correctly. We started to hear about it in 2019, but then it didn't really make its way over to the U.S. The lockdown didn't happen, I remember, until like March of 2020. Yeah. So 2020, I got COVID in the Friday before Thanksgiving. And that, um, and I thought it was being healthy. I'd have my roasted chicken with my vegetables and my different things, you know, this is several years ago. Um, and I'd still have, you know, a coffee now and then, but it was very scaled down. And, you know, I thought I was living that, you know, you can cheat a little bit, you can cheat a little bit. And uh, I got, ended up getting, being the first one to get it. Now that age bracket, I was 61 at that time. I was in the high risk category and people were dropping like flies. Um, uh-huh. I was deathly ill, taken to the hospital at three weeks because I was so sick. I, I could not. But the hospital was so bad that I told my kids that they didn't come pick me up. I'd be walking the streets in a gown that they needed to come back and get me. If I was going to die, I wanted to die at home. So they brought me back home. It was about another three or four days, and then finally I had a turnaround. Um, and I got out of that, and it made me realize how powerful what you put into your body can be. And I started doing a lot of research, a lot of research with different doctors and their opinions. And I started realizing that the less mucus a body has, the less any kind of type of illness can take you over. Because illnesses, whatever they are, COVID, whatever, they, they like to stick in the mucus, wherever that is. And you're, if you inhale it in your throat, in your intestinal tract. And so... That's when I, I changed my diet. I'm uh, more or less very little mucus. And my 
performance in my training with CrossFit and with High Rocks went through the roof. Went through the roof. Um, I just competed last month in Los Angeles at High Rocks, and I won my age group. And I qualified to go to the um, to the um, championships that are in uh, Manchester, United Kingdom, in the end of May. And so the being able to perform without pain, compete without pain, train. Uh, you know, when you're starting to hit 45, 50, somewhere in there, people have something that's bothering them somewhere usually by that time. Sometimes it's a lot younger nowadays. Um, but I'm 63. I'm going to be 64 in a couple of weeks, and I am pain-free. Uh, and I compete quite a few times, quite a few times during the year in CrossFit and with High Rocks. But I wouldn't be able to do it without the nutritional component, 100%. Um, and I'm just a person who can't do it in moderation. Mm -hmm. My body doesn't support me enough to do that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now in, in my journey into discovering what, is, what really is health and nutrition. Because I really didn't know before. I thought it was, you know, lots of exercise and, you know, eat chicken and rice and vegetables. That's that's. I was raised, you know, the younger days was uh, no fat diet, don't eat any fat. And now it's like tons of avocados and, you know, walnuts and different things, healthy kind of fats. But it's funny how our society and the different generations go from this is healthy, no, this isn't healthy anymore. And it's very drastically changed throughout the years. But um, with me, it's pretty simple. I, I do plant-based. And then I just don't put the toxins in that I know that I would get. Like if I started coffee, I can't just have one coffee. I'd have to go back the next day or I have a little piece of chocolate. Some people can do one bite of ice cream or what. I, I can't. I just can't. I love it too much. I want the whole thing. And I might want you to get the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the tightrope I, I walk myself. So I do... I do allow myself certain things here and there. And for the most part, I don't get too carried away. Now, every now and again, I have a kind of a big relapse where, yeah, okay, I ate a little bit more of that than I really should. But for the most part, I'm pretty disciplined and I can just kind of dabble in it here and there and it's not a huge deal. Um, I have heard of the, I have been, I have heard of the juicing um, revolution, so to speak, and I've read and listened to people speak on that, and a lot of people have come back and said, just like you have said very good things about it, and they've related similar stories, like they had multiple bouts of illnesses and cancers and stuff like that, and you know they got diagnosed with something that was terminal, and then they did a radical re uh, reformation of their entire nutritional um, life and this terminal illness that was sure to do the men just started disappearing before their very eyes in a matter of months doing something like what you did which was juicing and the gentleman that you spoke about in that in, in that documentary um, but then also I've because I listened to just about everything and everybody I've also heard some of the pushback against that it's like well you know the plant-based revolution um, I, and I did do plant-based for a while I don't really do it anymore um, some some out there, and I've listened to podcasts saying like, you know, when you 
you only go plant-based, you're kind of missing out on certain things that animal, animal uh, proteins and animal meats give you that your body can't produce themselves. There's certain vitamins and certain uh, proteins that, you know, if you did try to replicate it through a plant-based only uh, diet, it would be one, very hard, and two, very costly. And so, you know, for most people, it's not really a tangible solution. So in terms of like, so my, I guess my question to you is in terms of like bringing that to a, a level that's relatable to the average person who maybe is inspired by what you say and does want, is interested in doing that. And they do have family members within themselves that have multiple bouts of illnesses and are frequently sick. Um, and that might sound like something they want to get on board with. Like, how, how would you answer them? And, you know, and I do get asked this question quite often. Um, I do have blood work done twice a year, so every six months, to make sure that everything's balanced. Because uh, one of the things that did intrigue me at one time was a raw, um, a raw vegan diet, where it's, everything is just raw. You can't have anything cooked. And, I mean, I've explored and looked at it all. But on a plant-based, you know, I think each individual, and this is why, you know, I, I believe that each person has to find what works best for them. And not everybody's made up the same. I'm missing quite a few organs, so I'm going to need something much more um, powerful to support my body um, than maybe what somebody else would need. I found that, and I love meat. I am a major meat eater. Give me a good barbecue or some carnitas. I mean, I love meat. I was raised on meat. My father was a hunter. I went hunting with him. I, I'm not opposed to what anybody else wants to do, and I'm not proclaiming this is the answer for the universe. This was just the answer for, for me. And what I found was when I was on meat, just talking about the meat alone, meat, alcohol, or coffee, the toxins in there, the carcinogens in meat, the, um, what is the one called in the meat? The, um, the, oh, I can't think of the word of it, but the, that, that particular acid in meat goes to it, loves joints, loves joints. When I went off of the meat, all of a sudden my knee pain that I had and my frozen shoulder that I had that was so brutally painful. Um, I lived off of 1,000 milligrams of ibuprofen every single night for seven months because I couldn't, the pain was so bad I couldn't sleep. And finally, I, my doctor said, you're going to kill your stomach off. You, we've got to do something. And so that's when I did, you know, the, the fasting and changing my, my diet, the green juice fasting. Um, so far as my body or somebody's body, uh, do they get everything they need from plant-based? That and more, I think if you look at it and you research it, to be careful uh, that you are getting everything that you need, you can take supplements. So one of the supplements I take is a B complex. The other one is a D uh, complex that has a couple other things in it. And then um, I also, because I have nothing making hormones, I take hormones uh, to balance my body. And my performances and my training have only gone up. I haven't deteriorated. And as I age, I mean, I'm going to be 64, you would think you would start deteriorating. One of the most common problems is the aches and pains. Those come from somewhere. And you have to ask yourself, where do those come from? So my lab, my blood tests, my lab results, they all show that I'm not lacking in anything. Protein, you know, a lot of people think plant-based, oh, I'm going to have salad for dinner. I rarely have a salad. 
Um, it's all on the research and the different places where you try different foods that you find really delicious things, really delicious things that are plant-based. There is a burger called um, Beyond Burger that Sprout sells. And mm -hmm. I believe it's in Costco now and it's in Walmart, but the Beyond yeah. Burger yeah. I think it's delicious. Right. Beyond Meat, is that what it's called? Yeah, because I have seen it. Yes, Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat, yeah. That when I was making it one night, my son says, oh, can I? I said, it's not beef. He goes, I want, let me try it. It smells good. And my whole family eats them now. They're delicious. So you, you learn to find, and that's made with pea protein, very high in protein. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'd make French fries. So they also sell organic crinkle fries. We toss those in the air fryer. You can eat delicious tasting food and get the protein and the vitamins and minerals, but you just have to be educated. And uh, I had to learn the hard way. There wasn't anybody to teach me or show me, or I had to just research and ask questions and um, make sure that I knew what I was doing. Um, it's my responsibility to make sure that I get enough rest at night. You know, you can eat great and you can work out ridiculously in the gym, but if you don't get enough sleep, it will affect you. You will start breaking down. So rest is a huge component. And most people have a horrible problem with insomnia by my age. I do not. I sleep like a rock. I get up. Um, I don't have ailments. I don't have any, any ailments. No high blood pressure. No diabetes. I don't take drugs except for hormones that my body can't produce. That's it. Um, and then I take a supplement, a B and a D, um, and I eat an extremely healthy diet, and I eat a lot of it. So I would answer that question, oh, can you get all the protein? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know, I know how to make tacos with almond, almond flour instead of white flour, which is like a paste. But if I make, make them with almond flour tortillas, and then I do black beans. And sometimes I'll mash them up and they're organic. And I'll do cilantro and tomatoes and avocado, just like any other taco. But instead of having beef or chicken or something like that, I make it with something else, lentils, black beans, whatever I want. Some people might like pinto beans. But the key is, you know, finding, not going through 25 different burgers to find the one you like, but finding one that somebody else is like, this, my whole family loves it. You know, that's, that's the hard part. And so I eat like a queen. I, I love what I eat. Um, you know, somebody would say, well, what do you munch on? Celery sticks? I'd be like, no, I, I buy the teeny tiny uh, baby carrots. They're very juicy. And then I buy a big, uh, big container of um, red roasted uh, tomato hummus. And that it's delicious. It's a little bit, it's flavorful. And I eat the whole thing of it if I want with carrots. And that's just one thing. And there's so many options out there, and it's balanced. You know, I make sure I get a lot of colors and a lot of variety, um, and that's what's worked for me. You know, I have. You know, I work out in a CrossFit gym. Those are meat eaters, mostly meat eaters. Mm -hmm. um, I think I met one vegan that was in there, and he was from India, and so we have great conversations. But there's so many carnivores where they only want to eat meat and meat and fat. Carnivores, and then, you know, keto is like the next step because they'll do like a teeny, maybe 20 grams of carbohydrates or whatever. But I've done them all. And for me, my body, the one that keeps me pain-free, which is really all I care about, 
is the plant-based. Now, somebody else could be pain-free. I know Joe Rogan talks hugely about carnivore and swears, you know, all of his uh, healing came from just eating meat and, and fat. And, and my attitude is, you find the thing that works for you. This, this is not going to work for everybody or for whatever reason, and that's okay. I'm so good with that. I, I'm just, you know, doing what works for me and, and what makes me happy and pain-free. Did you ever see this, speaking of documentaries, did you ever see this uh, documentary? It was on veganism. It came out. It, was, it made a huge splash a couple of years ago. I cannot for the life. I, I did watch Schwarzenegger in it. He probably was. Was it called The Game Changer? Game Changer. Yes. Yes. That was yes, it. Yes, I did. It's so, phenomenal. Oh, an interesting documentary and you can you can go to both sides of that one as well mm-hmm. and i i do know that i liked it because they did show with the blood work immediately how quickly different you know meat can affect you or not affect you thought it was very interesting is that the end all be all um like i said you can make uh, a case for both sides with plant-based with carnivore with keto with vegan vegetarian all of them you can you can make a case on both sides my my attitude is find really diligently go through different options and pick the one that that works for you but don't do nothing don't live it with the pain don't don't just there you go there you go there you go i think i think that's a great resounding message right there is like you know find whatever it is find out what find out what's going to work and don't just resign yourself to physical misery, you know, for life. Cause I think that's what a lot of people do, especially, especially since they, when they start getting older and I've heard this from people around, you know, I've heard this, like, you know, they, they, they just expect this kind of thing to be normal. This, this, uh, yes. continuous, uh, this continuous depredation physically to just be the, all this is the normal aging process. And yeah. and that you can't do that. I'm going to show you, you'll be able to see this, but this was. It's a little hazy. Okay. I can see it. Yeah. 70 yeah. pounds overweight. I see that. And then I started CrossFit and I started that at the age of 60, but that 70 pounds of weight was from fast food and eating mm-hmm. whatever I wanted and two vente coffees a day that was of course you know white mocha sugared up don't ask me um, delicious yeah <laughs> was in my life in those days and um, but you eventually your body won't be able to handle the sludge it just won't it just won't so right. you know no matter what people do you know you, you pick something that's nutritious somehow Eating whatever you want sometimes just is not, it's not going to make it. The, the point I was going to make about having COVID a few years ago, then COVID came back around. and But I was healthy. It changed everything. Interestingly enough, I'm in that high-risk category. So in, uh, a year and a year ago, COVID came up in Delta 1 or whatever it was. The person who sat next to me, this young girl, she texts me and she goes, I got COVID again. You need to test yourself. We've done everything together. And I'm like, are you kidding? She goes, no. So I tested. I didn't have it. So then it came up again. My whole family, my whole family that were in visiting, my daughter and two grandkids, they got COVID first. 
Then it went then to it my went other to daughter, daughter, my son who was visiting from New Mexico, my other son. They all got COVID. The whole house got COVID. They were all dying, sicker than a dog. I did not get COVID. So I thought, and I was around them and taking care of them, and I'm like, why did I almost die from COVID years ago when I was so unhealthy? And then I changed my lifestyle so drastically, and I've been around it several different times now where people were dropping like what? I didn't get it. And then just recently, two months ago, uh, at the new job I'm in now, because I, I work at a gym now, part-time, she, the young girl got COVID. Sicker, hacking up a lung. I mean, we're talking definitely, oh, sat right next to me. I never got sick. So I find it very interesting. And she eats what she thinks is a healthy diet, a normal CrossFitter with her meat and the vegetables. And then, oh, just let me have a piece of that pie. I'm just going to cheat once or twice a week. And, and, and. And, you know, and, but, it, but I believe it builds up in the system that if you have mucus, that's where uh, illnesses love to stick, and then it starts breeding. But that's just my, that's my opinion, which, you know, I'm blonde. You know what they say about that. <laughs> could, be, could be anything else. I am not going to change. Now, here's the holidays. Thanksgiving, I'm cooking because my family doesn't do what I do. Um, so I'm in there, and I cooked a turkey for them because that's what they wanted. Stuffed it, homemade mashed potatoes and homemade gravy because my great-grandmother was off the boat from France, and she did everything with gourmet. And then they wanted, I, for years and years, made homemade sweet potato pie. I shouldn't know anything about that. Nothing. The sweet potatoes are the only good thing in it. But, so I made that for them, and um, I have no desire anymore to eat that because once I taste it, then I can't just have one taste. I want three or four slices. Mm -hmm. But I find it very interesting that my body is supporting me now. Why am I not getting sick? And I'm, and I'm really taxing my immune system with the trainings I do. My trainings are... A normal person in their 60s would not be able to go into any of the trainings that I do. It's taken years for me to get to where I'm at. How is my system able to do that? How is it able to do that? A person who's had cancer, almost, I was in stage four of that. They gave me five years. That was 15 years ago. Um, how am I able to do these things now? Pain-free, healthy, good labs. I just had my lab lab done uh, two weeks ago. Everything looks fantastic. You know, I think there's something behind, Not it can't just be exercise. Because your body has to support whatever you do. So what is that? The only other change was nutrition. So that to me is a game changer is your nutrition. Right, right. So how long did it really take for this uh, this new you to really kind of take hold? Because you're talking about, like you said, it was a whole different person coming out here. So you changing how you eat, what you eat, how you actually live your life. I mean, you don't have this job anymore, so you're not in an office all day long. You're not you know, responding to the typical things that, you know, office corporate culture um, is a part of. Um, so, you know, this it's, we're talking about a lot of really, really um, seismic shifts in a person's life all kind of happening at once, in, in addition to you being a cancer survivor. Um, so how do you really balance or how do you really... Uh, how do you really absorb all these different changes in your life? It, it, was it like a, 
was it a baby stepping process? Did you fall off here and there? And then, or was it really kind of like, you know, this, 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 uh, this cancer and this history, this cancer history that's clearly in my family, um, scares me and it kind of scared me straight. You know, that's a, a very good point. Yes. Um, I started cleaning things up a couple years ago when I became COVID scared me because I almost died from that. So it, it was an eye opener that I needed to change my lifestyle. So two years ago, I started working out more at the gym. Um, I changed my diet a little bit, but when I decided to, I guess you would call it jump off the cliff to make that radical change. Um, I really felt in April when I lost my job, you know, the company was good to me. So they laid me off, you know, put the younger people that I trained in there. I get it. Um, they gave me a nice severance. So I, it wasn't too horrible, but it was at that moment that I decided to do what I call jump off the cliff, go all out, go all in. I wish I had realized this and made this move so much, so many more years ago. If I could have done it at least 20, 30 years ago, um, I would have. Um, but that money, that money, boy, it, it really takes care of a lot of things that you really don't want, but you just don't know it when you're living it. That's when I jumped off the cliff. So in May of this year is when I did the complete diet change because my shoulder, I wanted to compete again and I couldn't compete with my shoulder. It was so painful. So I made the radical change um, where I just only do plant-based and uh, I didn't notice the effects of it until about two months later. It took a long time. Uh, the working out, I still had to use ibuprofen. And then it was about two months after that, that I was like, oh, wow, I didn't have to use ibuprofen anymore. And I could sleep through the night. And my body was going through detoxes. I, certain things would trigger and happen. And I'd be like, what the hell was that? I was like, oh, you're detoxing. You're, you're just, I, I would be perfectly fine going to do something. And my nose would just start running as if I had a severe cold. And then it would stop as fast as it started. It was, I was just detoxing so much. Um, but it, I want to say, uh, did I say, no, yeah, in May. May is when I really jumped off the cliff. That's when I made that decision. And I, and I did it because I felt the universe was somehow helping me because I would have never quit my job. I thought about it. I thought, go start a business. I, I owned a, I started businesses and sold them in years past. But the company I worked for, the owner said, help me and I'll take care of you. Help me because he didn't make it the first time. This is sure I'll help you after I started my business. And man, you can get so hooked into the money, you know, that and people would say, oh, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Is it? Is that really what I really want? So when I made that decision, um, I just felt like the doors all opened and I needed to make a different move. And so then my CrossFit gym I was out found out that I was available and they asked me if I would work part-time for them as their operations manager at the CrossFit gym I'm at. And it just made my heart smile because I got to be close and near to people who have the same mindset of wanting to be healthy. Um, you know, we all have different ways about that. We all go to bed differently. We all wake up differently. We all eat different types of foods. You know, if you can embrace that, 
it's okay what he wants to do and it's okay that she's doing this over here and and i'm just looking after me and i'm just taking care of me and i'm going to be the best uh, version of me and so my motto is every single day i'm going to dare myself to be great one thing i'm going to dare to be great what's that going to be is it going to be my food choice is it going to be am i going to try a handstand push-up and cross it today i'm going to dare to be great and i get to pick what that greatness looks like helping somebody i love helping people love saying oh you know when i had this i tried to have you tried this have you ever done that so i get to be in control of my life with my job with my nutrition with working out and now as i'm seeing the rewards of winning competitions it gets more and more exciting for me because instead of slowing down because something's hurting or slowing down because I'm getting older or you need a cane now, or, no, you don't. That's, that's just something people say, oh, it's because of your age. That's a bunch of bunk in my opinion. I believe that you can do anything you want, but you've got to recognize signs in your body. You've got to recognize, find a different way to treat it, find a different way to fix it, find a different... I just did so much research, I mean, research after YouTube uh, videos, I'd watch doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and there's a lot of them out there, a lot of them. Um, I think that uh, that defining moment when you do it, now I'm too afraid, and I've been doing it long enough, now I'm too afraid to attempt to have a little bit of something attempt to go have a cheat meal because i'm i always tell people no i i can't just have a, one little piece of your um, decadent chocolate cream pie because i'm that person who's like an alcoholic if i try one something triggers inside of me that i just keep that addiction i just want more and more and more i wish i could say i could have one bite of it i can't so i i personally believe that people really should go after what works for them? But don't just try one thing and then stop, or don't just do nothing. You know, get with somebody, you know, that can help you. Get with somebody that can answer questions, or did you try this, or did you try that? And, and that's what I did. I started finding things that really worked for me. Would you say that you have an addictive personality? Because <laughs> You couldn't help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just, that's, that's kind of what was coming through here a lot. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you seem like you're, you're one of these people that you really have to, you, you really have to go into extreme ends for anything to really work for you. Because like with anything, it seems like, um, it's, it's either an all or nothing sort of deal. And there's lots of people out there like me and I, you're such, I look at you and what you were saying um, there's a lot of people who are just like you. I wish I could be more like you, where things don't affect me as much and I can be balanced and not get too far off. Like you said, when you were eating, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I might have a little over bit, but no big, you know, my personality is a personality. Like I know hundreds of thousands of people who, for one reason or another, have this type of personality and it can go really bad. <laughs> in a negative haywire direction or, yeah. good, or you can suffer in the middle and yeah, that's a terrible place to be a suffering in the middle where you're just making it every day but mentally and spiritually and physically you are just dying mm -hmm. you know, i hated my job i hated the way i looked the way i felt 
you know, my opinion is, you know, whether you have an addictive personality or not, whoever you are, embrace that and don't just do nothing. You know, do something that makes you better, whatever that version is. I don't care if it's a carnival version. If you feel better and it makes you happy and you, you gain in a positive direction with that, take that road. Don't sit there and do nothing and gain weight and be miserable. And there's a ton of people out there like me. And you don't have to have an addictive personality to be there. You know? You can have an I don't care personality and be overweight and depressed and and just wish that you knew how to get out of that. You know, I'm saying take a step in any direction. Find, find your direction. Yeah. Would you say there's a difference between an addictive personality and an obsessive personality? Because I, like I said, I don't think I have necessarily an addictive personality. There are certain things I do have, you can argue addictions to, like I'm addicted to exercise. You could argue that for as much as I do. Um, and I've had people try to tell me that you know, there is an ex exercise addiction and it is a problem. And yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, whatever. But um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily say that my personality is addictive, but it, I would say it is obsessive. Because I do obsess over certain things. Like my my workouts, I obsess over that. I'm pretty obsessive over this podcast. I put a lot of work into it. Um, I kind of carefully curate it. Um, I want it to be, you know, something pretty special. I want it to be something that's easily digestible and something that people will get something from. I'm not just I'm not just doing this just. For yeah. my own for my own sake i'm not just you know hey i have a podcast you know um because i don't just you know we go through pod match here and i don't just invite anyone Absolutely. over here you know even with the, the the commissions that are offered on some of these people who who are invited on you know some people are you know you get 10 times your commission for having this person on yeah i read through their bio it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense for me pass you know absolutely so i would say that is that is a, a trademark of me is that i'm or that is that is me i'm obsessive over certain things but not necessarily addictive um so what do you think do you think there is a difference or you think it's like a hair of a difference <laughs> you know what i'm 63 i'm gonna be 64. i mm -hmm. say i don't give a crap <laughs> who cares whether you have an addictive personality and addictive behavior it, as long as you are not negatively impacting somebody else who cares who cares do you know the addictive personality and the addictive behavior uh are the greatest entrepreneurs in the world mm -hmm. i've met the greatest but it's because of those behaviors or that personality that they're that great because somebody who doesn't have that would never make it. They would never make it. Um, my attitude is if you're positive and look at the good work that you're doing, you're, it's positive. It's going to impact somebody. It's going to open their eyes. It's going to help them. Who cares whether or not it's addictive or not? I, I've been called more names. I've been <laughs> called more names. Um, you know, you're this, you're the, you know, if you're a gym rat, you know, I, I just, I don't, the gym rat people, it's like, put whatever label you want to put on it. Yes, right. I am pain free. I don't have any, uh, I'm doing the things I want to do. What can you say? Are you happy? Are you doing the things you want to do? Are you happy with your body? Are you, can you go do whatever you want to do? Can you move something? 
my God, I just pushed a 245-pound sled push with the men at my gym yesterday when they were all competing while the women were trying to push the women's sled. I'm up there pushing it because I've been training. I don't hurt. I, I want to be pain-free. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. So if somebody wants to label my personality, my behavior, I, okay, I'm, I'm fine. It doesn't bother me. Put the label on. But who's the person that is in demand for helping other people? Who's the person that people want, that just dying to talk to me? I, I want to be like you. That's the number one thing in my CrossFit gym. People come up, I want to be like you when I grow up. I want to, when I get old, I don't want to, and they are looking at their mom or their dad and they're overweight and they're high blood pressure and they've got diabetes and they've got gout and, and they just, they don't like to see them like that because then they see the possibility of them dying. Mm -hmm. And my kids don't have that problem. They see me healthy competing. And so whatever label somebody wants to put on me, you know, Lorraine, you know, you're a little bit, okay, as long as I'm not imposing myself or pushing, but if somebody asks me, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer them honestly. What, I've got 50 million labels. Pick the what, pick whatever one you're comfortable with. And and I get to keep doing my life. You know, I couldn't have written my book and published it, and now it's on Amazon, and it's doing great, and it has nothing to do with health and fitness. But I couldn't have done that if I had a different kind of personality. Totally. And now my second book is going to be all about health and fitness and my journey with that. Stress, hormones, kids, diet, competitions. Uh, you know, my personality has enabled me to do things that other people wouldn't dare to do. You know what you're saying? Um, people are afraid of you and what you could do. And that's why they will never do nothing. That's okay. I'd rather keep trying things. I, you know, I had one year, this is quite a few years ago, I had a friend come to me and goes, Lorraine, did you hear that the American Gladiators, I don't know if you, this is kind of old, but they're coming to CBS Studios in California. <laughs> I used to live in California. And they said, he goes, I'm going to go, I'm going to try out. Go with me and try out. And I said, well, you go try out. I'm going to train for you. I'll try out next year. So he goes, he made it. He won the whole thing. He went over to Britain, the whole thing. So the next year, he's like, are you trying out? I said, yeah. So I went and I tried out with 10,000 other people in a parking lot. And I was one of the people. And you know what was the interesting story to them? I had five kids at that time. Wow, what a, what a newspaper headline. You have five kids. So I thought that cracked me up. Like, this is why I get to be picked to go on the show because I physically qualified. And I went on there and I dared at my moment in that time to be great for me. I was going to just dare. And I went and went the whole thing. And therefore, I set the example for my kids. And the next year, my son said, Mom, they have Gladiator 2000. I want to try out. Okay. That next year, I took him up to CBS Studios, and they go, Lorraine, what are you doing back here? And I said, my son's trying out. Guess what? He passed it all. He qualified. So they had a mother-son team. We went against another mother-and-son team. And so what you do, whether people like you or not or label you, impacts your kids, people you don't know, people that want to know you. Um, you know, I went on and started an Instagram, um, what do you call it, an Instagram page like a, year, a year ago, a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. and it went crazy. And the only thing I put on there is anything to do with health and fitness. I don't put 
anything else. And it went off the chat. There's like over 5,000 people on there. And I'm like, how is that possible? Because I'm, you know, the older you are, you're not, I'm, I just wasn't that savvy with social media and all of that. But I saw the power of it. And so now I get just so much messaging from people all over the world. Uh, you're an inspiration. How do you do that? What What do you do? Don't you have aches and pain? I mean, from all walks of life, all over in different countries. And so I really feel that's my purpose is to just inspire people to do something. Don't do nothing. Because people who do nothing die. And that could have been me for more reasons than one. Just stress, diet, lack of exercise, no outlet for that stress. You know, so right. that's pretty much where I come from. Just do something, one step forward. So I, w- I did want to ask you about your book. I know it's not your first one. It's not related to health and fitness in, in a direct sort of way. But I have to think, just because of who you are and how you live, there has to be some, there has to be some uh, a reason what prompted you to write a book like this. It had to have meant something to you. So... I know I'm kind of stretching the boundaries here of what technically is fitness, but um, by bringing this up, so your book is, my understanding is about your son, is that correct? Yes. It's about your yes. son, okay, so he's, he's diagnosed as uh, mental retardation, is yes. that correct? Yes. Okay, so, you know, if you would just kind of expand sure. on that a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Um, I have a son that... I didn't know he was, you know, they say that there is a correct, politically correct term to use, and that is intellectually challenged or intellectually disabled. And I bear to differ. <laughs> I had people when I was writing the book uh, critique, you know, you should not say mental retardation. And I said, yes, I should. Because it's a clinical term. If you, it's a clinic, exactly. When I took my son in, he was in high school, finally, after realizing that he had always had an IEP, was in special class growing up. But it wasn't until there was an incident in high school that the school psychologist said, I really want you to take him to this institute because I believe he's under the intellectual line. So I took him in and all the batteries of tests, millions of them, the reports came out that he had mental retardation. They didn't say he's intellectually challenged. He didn't say that he's intellectually disabled. They said he has mental retardation, and this is the degree of it. And he had a slew of them. A slew of them. Uh, he doesn't know how to judge things like relationships with people, that this might mean this, and it gets very convoluted in his mind. Um, but anyway, my book is based on him. Um, the name of my book is called Behind Iron Bars. And it's the true story of my son, Maddie. Um, he, he's in his 30s now. He is currently in prison. And it's the story about what can happen to an intellectually challenged uh, human being uh, that doesn't function on the same level as what we call normal intellectual um, person that can evaluate situations. He got caught up on the internet um, in a chat room for pornography. But in that chat room, from what I deducted from this, uh, they had like FBI or um, like undercover people in there. And so they set people up in there to try to talk to them. 
And the, the way they set him up was, uh, they said, hey, you've got to go check this out. You've got to go look at this, man. You just, And when you have one of the, he has, um, what do you call obsessive compulsive behavior? So he's like mm -hmm. a little kid. What is it? What's in the box? What's in the package? You know, he's just constantly got to know what's going on. So he was dying to know whatever, what this person was saying, just go check it out. So he went to go click on the link that they provided to him and he, he couldn't just click on it. He had to click download to be able to see it. Well, he doesn't, any normal average intelligent person is going to go, what is all this? What am I doing here talking to somebody I don't know? They want me to download. And it happened to be child pornography. The minute you do that, it's all over. And he had no clue. He had no clue. Um, the FBI, the SWAT team were at my home and uh, they took him in. And um, the state of Arizona, along with the state of Hawaii, are the highest two uh, states to prosecute and have the highest level of prosecution for anything to do with child pornography. Uh, you don't have to have talked to somebody, met somebody, had actual interactions with somebody. This was just very... It's very difficult to try to comprehend or explain to somebody else. Well, it's like, well, okay, why is he looking at child not? When you're set up and you have that kind of disability, um, you're not going to get it. You never are. Uh, and it's funny because they try to heal you and make you whole as you're going through the trial. So you see a doctor and they'll say, okay, um, do you know what a courtroom is? Do you know who the person up on the bench is? And if you can answer those questions, then you are, you're responsible. And that's all there is. Unless you're drooling in a wheelchair and you're completely out of it, you're, you're going to prison. And the minimum count is 12 years for doing that download, for clicking, yeah, I want to look at it. So he's been in there, uh, I think he has seven years to go. Uh, was, that almost did me in. You know, you can be as strong as you want, but um, it's very painful when you have a child that he could not get a high school, couldn't graduate high school because he couldn't, <laughs> there's just no way. Uh, so they give him like a little certificate of completion, and, uh, but he could never graduate because it just wasn't. But now he's responsible enough to go to prison for something that it just, my job in, in writing this book was to make people aware, and I'm working with quite a few um, political entities you know, secretaries of state and all that, to get some changes made um, to help. Apparently, there's a lot of kids like this in prison. Uh, one day, something happened, and the person that was responsible for him, the case manager, whatever they call them, and he talked to me, and he says, yeah, I have seven or eight other guys, kids like Matt, that should not be in here. He says, they absolutely shouldn't be in here. But there are no other courses of action for um Situations like this, because the law is a law, and so you know there needed needs to be some changes made or something to help kids like this, because it's kind of an unfair situation. You know, if they get into a situation like that, it's like they're not smart enough to figure it out. But that's why I wrote behind Iron Bars to tell the true story of what happened to him and, and me and my family, because it was the one time in my life I thought I don't think I could see him go to prison. Because I've watched movies my whole life and I see what happens to people who can't take care of themselves in prison. And that's all I could think of. And it was too painful for me to live with that. And I had 
brings up a lot of emotion for me. I, I had a lot of thoughts that I could not allow that to happen. What kind of a parent would I be if I just allowed him to go there and have bad things happen to him? And I thought of maybe him not ever making it there. We just won't go. And I'll take care of him and, and me, and we won't ever have to do that. And So you get uh, confronted with things, but thank God somebody else told me that in the state of Arizona, they have like special attached facilities for people, for guys like him, that they're not with the rest of the population. They have people who are used to dealing with the challenge like that in there. They can have an iPad in there to play games or watch movies. and Because he's not a normal guy who's not going to sit there and read books or go wait, wait you know, do weightlifting. He's just, he's a kid. So that's why I wrote that book. The reason why I brought that up is because, um, well, one, it's part of your profile, and it's kind of what led me to speaking to you in the first place. But, you know, in terms of we gone on about adversity and hitting, you know, huge, huge um, challenges in our lives, you've had one after the other. You've had, you know, a job that you lost, a terrible marriage, health issues, COVID, and... This is something I think that most people would never even imagine is ever going to happen to them. Um, any parent, you know, the idea, you know, the idea of my son getting locked up for something that he was just bamboozled into. Um, that is, I don't even want to entertain that idea. Um, it's just, it's too painful to even imagine. So, and a lot of people in your position, you know, at, you know, people handle adversity in two ways. Either it destroys them or it galvanizes them. And you obviously chose the latter. And I have to think that's probably a big part of what makes you who you are. And because, and because of that, you know, you are such a darling in the eyes of so many. <laughs> that's so nice of you to say. I, I, I truly believe that, you know, when you get to be my age, I, I ask myself this once, I asked it too many times. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Making lots of money and spending it, obviously, is not what I should be doing. Um, and I, this year, know what I'm supposed to be doing. And whether it's other kids like my son, having a voice for them and speaking out for them and being an advocate somehow and bringing awareness to something that people don't even know is a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nutrition or cancer or health or working out. Their life doesn't end at a certain number. It doesn't have to be painful at a certain age. Life is a continuous journey and will be when I'm 70, 80, 90. I plan on living into my hundreds and I plan on being competitive into my hundreds. I want to watch other people doing it, and so I know it can be done. So if it can be done, I want to do it, and I want to be pain-free, and I want to be healthy and happy. I might be that personality. I've had a tremendous, countless um, episodes, dramas, whatever you want to call them, uh, of, of different things I've had to deal with in my life. Uh, this thing that happened with Maddie was just one. I started the book um, a while ago, but I never finished it. But when I got laid off, I decided it was time, and I finished it. And so it just was published this year. Um, I think in July 
it was published. And it ended up doing great. Like, wow. And, and it's like, even if I only make a difference in one person's life, one family's life, I, that's all that would matter to me. Because it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't have to happen. Um, and that's how I feel about health and fitness. And sometimes we're put into situations with other people or situations at the grocery store or in the parking lot or a car across the road. We are faced with situations every day. And the question is always going to be, should I take time out or should I go help? Should I go figure that out? Should I be a part of whatever's going to happen right now? It's a choice. And each of us get faced with a choice every single day with our health, with our fitness, nutrition, whatever it is. And a lot of us that become older, you know, I want to say 45, 50 and older, don't want to deal with it anymore. They're tired. They hurt too much. They stop living. And, and it's like, this, this is as good as it gets, you know, what's the point? And, and I say it doesn't have to be like that. You can dare to be great every single day with one thing. You pick it. One thing. And, and those little one things, they, they start making stairs. And you start going somewhere. So it's very powerful. There you have it, folks. There is your battle cry for 2023. You can create it one thing, pick one, and then work your way towards it. <laughs> so I hope you, I, I hope uh, whoever's listening to this, I hope you heard that right now. You hear this on January 1st of this new year. You heard that. So that's all it is. It's about making a decision, choosing a direction, and then just going for it and anticipate that there is going to be, you know, problems along the way. As there is, you know, you got 364 days ahead of you here. It ain't all, all going to be smooth. So, you know, it's just, it's a reality of it. And we all know that. I think all of us should know that. But realizing it and then, you know, stiffening your resolve, I think, is another issue. And, you know, sometimes that takes practice. I think some people will come into the world and they are headstrong and they know, you know what, I'm going to, Take it all, and ain't nothing gonna stop me. And some people are just natural like that. Some people have to work their way towards it. I don't know where on that spectrum you fit, um, but I'm more. I'm more of the. You know, I had. I had to. I had to learn this, and I'm still learning. But uh, you know, it gets easier when I talk to folks like you. So <laughs> it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I I also have an email. It's Lorraine Lewis now at mm -hmm. gmail.com. So if anybody would like thoughts, you know, suggestions, help, direction, I would love, I'm, I'm always there to answer or direct you in a direction. So it's Lorraine Lewis now at gmail.com. And Absolutely. 2023 is already phenomenal. I mean, what comes out of your mouth is the road that we paved to where we were. Mm -hmm. So I think exactly. it's going to be a great year. Exactly. So I got to talk with you today. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad we got to do it too. It was it took it took a minute, you know, there were hiccups like we said, but we got there and um all the information, contact information like an email, um social media, I'll put that in the show notes as always so people can um reach out to you. I one thing I did not notice was a website. I don't know if you have one that people can go to. You have a website that people can reach out to? I don't. I they usually reach out on my Instagram. Okay. All right. Um, I don't. I don't think the link to your Instagram was working. So I'll. I'll. I'll get that from you, and I'll make sure we got the working Instagram so people can connect to you. And I'm on Facebook. They're hooked up together. 
Right, right. Uh, I did send you a friend request, so. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? Facebook, Facebook. Oh, okay. Facebook. We'll um, go like that. For sure, for sure. So uh, normally I end the show with, you know, um, final words from the guests, you know, so, so we can kind of summarize everything we've been talking for an over an hour here. It's kind of hard to remember everything we go over, but I think you already did that without even me prompting you. So you said it already, choose a course and then choose to be great. And Absolutely. I think, and I think that is a perfect way to start the new year. It's a perfect way to start every day, but this is the new year. It's a new beginning. Um, just, Go after it, man. That's all I can tell you. Just go, go after it, man. And you know, like you were saying, we talked about the difference between obsessive and uh, compulsive or addictive. And don't worry about the labels. That you're gonna get labels. You, you, you spend all your life pleasing everybody. You're gonna get labels anyway. You know, I know I have labels just because they don't tell me to my face. I know I'm out there as <laughs> blob of this, that, or the other. You know, you know. It, it again it takes some training it takes some discipline to learn how to just blow it off and just keep your head down and live your life um and just block out the noise the older you get i will notice it's easier um yeah as, as i've gotten older i've noticed that it, i'm much more comfortable with who i am and who i'm not um so know that if you're particularly if you're in your 20s or you're you know, a teenager or something like that and you're listening to this and you you know you get all bent out of shape because you're you know for whatever reason you know teenagers and young people tend to get very emotional about a lot of things but just know that i guess the older you get the more the more um shall we say um what, what's the word shall we say resilient you become yeah. and more um uh stubbornly yourself <laughs> yes yes stubbornly. I, I prefer the label today when i because before i get up out of my bed i'll say okay I'm getting up and today i'm gonna dare to be great i'm gonna pick what, which thing i'm gonna be great in but i prefer that label i dare to be great if anybody else wants to call it something else go ahead and that's exactly what how i'm looking at you you are daring to be great and you are you are awesome so that's Thank how i you. choose to label Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, everybody, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, this is uh, Lorraine Lewis. She is a mother, probably first and foremost. She is an athlete. She is competitive and she is an author. And uh, she's an inspiration to everything that I want to be when I'm 63, going on 64 years old. And uh, here's hoping that I will. So, I, again, um, I'll put information and links in the show notes so how you can get a hold of her um if my information is on there as well you can email me at uh my email i'll put it on there it's always on there um you can also don't forget there are courses online that you can uh, get from me i've designed these courses to address a number of common um deficits in strength and muscle coordination and balance everything else the link is in there as always check it out uh reach out to me if you want to if you need to and um just final word uh 2023 um i started this podcast in june and it's been an amazing experience already so i'm just over six months into it i'm having great fun i'm talking to great people and it's only getting better and I think this year is going to be a banger for me and for everybody. And I just want 
I mean, I'm really grateful for the responses I've gotten, both you know, online and in person from people who have listened to this, because I just kind of, you know, I toyed with this idea, but I was like, eh, sure, I'll go ahead and take my chance at it. And it's, you know, it was kind of rough going at first, but it's getting better and it's, it's really something I'm very, very proud of. And I'm really appreciative to everyone who has given me positive feedback. And I just want to put something out there that's positive and something that people can use. That's all I have to say. So here again, 2023, get out there and kill it, folks. Lorraine, thank you again. Thank you, Sean. It was a pleasure. You have thank a happy you. new year. You too. All right, folks, take care. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. You never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.